What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. So I was going to record and upload this yesterday, but we had a little visitor show up. Yesterday afternoon, somebody came flying down our street and uh, dumped the cat out. So we all went over there to make sure the cat was okay. He was huddled up by the foundation of my neighbor's house. And uh, yeah, he was fine. He was just shook up and uh, not real happy. But when I approached him, he didn't hiss, spit, bite, growl nothing he just kept putting his face in the corner it was like a brick foundation where the two sides of the foundation come together and he just kept sticking his head in the corner like no you don't see me you don't see me and eventually i picked him up brought him home we put him in a larger kennel uh while we were trying to figure out what to do about it and uh took him to the vet got his chip scanned that came back with some interesting results but i'll have to wait to share that with you for another time here's a picture of the new critter his name is uh we named him bluey Two reasons. One, my grandson loves Bluey. Second, he is a Russian Blue, which is a long-haired cat from originally from Russia. I thought about staying with the uh, the coin theme, like we have Nickelback here, the white one. Nickel, not Nickelback. And then we have the black cat named Dime. We had one named Quarter. She has since passed. And because this other cat's Russian heritage, I was going to name him Ruble. We'll see. Right now his name's Bluey, though. Anyway, long story short, we have another cat in the house, and... Uh, Somebody tried to come forward to claim him as she couldn't prove anything. Then finally she called animal control on us who showed up today. A uh, very nice officer. She showed up and uh, asked a few questions and we told her, you know, we weren't trying to like withhold somebody's pet from them. I know what the chip number is. I know as much information as anybody about this cat at this moment. And what I told the lady, don't come driving to my house. She, she found out roughly where we lived and she was actually driving here from almost an hour away. And uh, she got a little bitchy with me because I didn't want her just driving here and saying, oh, yeah, that's my cat. Because anybody can walk up, point, and say that that's their animal. And I'm pretty sure whoever the real owner is, if they're around, if they care, if they're actually coming back, who knows? That might have been the real owner that dumped the cat. But who knows? If But if you had a child who was lost, I'm pretty sure nobody would think it was okay to just let, you know, a line of 20 strangers walk into your house, point at the kid and say, that's my child, without any proof of anything. In this day and age, even if you don't have your animal chipped, which I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't get them chipped and register the chip number. Even if you don't have them chipped, you should be able to tell me something about the cat that you own if you've had it for more than a year. There's just no way that you can tell me. I mean, I know the ins and outs of pretty much every animal in this house, and most of them aren't even mine. They belong to our children. So, you know, eh, people are just ridiculous. And the lady who was, you know, harassing us and calling animal control. It turns out when animal control called her today, she did tell them what the chip number was and it wasn't even close. So there you go. That's all I wanted from her. Tell me if you don't want to give me the whole chip number, which is fine. You know, maybe you're afraid I'm going to play games or whatever. Um, if you had given me the chip number and it didn't match, then I would have just sent you a picture of the chip number that I have. And that way you can see it. But hey, it is what it is. All right, too much talking already because somebody will complain about that. Let's do some tech support. The vacation app's too hard to use. I work on the railroad, and for many years we've been stuck in the old days of doing everything by paper. It's taken us years to transition to digital, and at my specific railroad, nothing ever happens quickly, but it does eventually happen. This year we've been fortunate enough to finally have a way to digitally request vacations. Previously, we've had to put in a paper form months in advance to request specific weeks. This year, the company finally offered a way to submit a vacation using the company portal. I hopped on board this thing right away. As I recall, last year's form took me eight tries before it was accepted. 
Well, how would it take that long? Well, because we had to fax it. <laughs> yes. Until this year, faxing was the only acceptable way of submitting vacations. And if that didn't work, well, you were out of luck. Because I hopped onto this so quickly, naturally a lot of my coworkers would be turning to me to help them with their vacations. I'm considered more tech savvy than my coworkers, as a lot of them seem to be allergic to computers in general. In fact, one coworker refuses to leave the 1960s, and anything more modern he thinks is work of the devil. This user is what this story is based on. You see, with every change to digital that we have introduced, he's pushed back. So much so that management is tired of it. And I'm not in management at all, but I'm good friends with a couple supervisors who have openly complained about this person when he wasn't in the room. One day earlier this week, the user was trying to submit his vacations using the old paper form for the sixth time. The deadline was Thursday evening, and he was doing this Wednesday afternoon. I was about to walk out for my next run, run referring to a train I had to work, and this guy stopped me to complain once again about the company rejecting his vacation request. The cast. Me is myself. Moron equals the user who's not listening. Moron says, hey me, any chance you could help me? I'm sick of the company rejecting the vacation request I put in. Can you look at my form and tell me what I'm doing wrong? <laughs> I say, well, as I've already told you before, those paper forms are no longer valid. You have to use the new portal form online. I could show you how to use it, but I need to do my run. Moron says, can't you just show me a crash course real quick? Myself. Last time you asked me to do that, I got stuck here babysitting you. Yes, I actually said that. And you whined like a child because you couldn't figure it out. I'm not doing that again. I point to the side wall that had the printout for the directions for filling out the portal form. The directions are right there. Do yourself a favor and actually learn something. I need to go now. Figure it out since you won't listen to me and I slammed the door. Was I an ass? Yes, because I had previously tried to teach this fool several times in the past and he never listened. Well, I would learn what happens when I tell off a senior coworker who really deserved it. I got back to the rail yard after my run to find the coworker gone, but a note with my name on it. A supervisor overheard Moron complaining about my lack of help and wanted me to help him the next morning. I nearly yelled in frustration when I saw who supervisor was. Kevin did this. If you don't know who I mean, I'm referring to the Kevin in this story I posted years ago. And, uh, this link here, I'll try to put it down below and make it live. There's a lot of cool Kevin stories if you don't know, and uh, you should check them out. I even did one on uh, Kevin driving a big rig, so that's a two-hour long compilation there on one guy, pretty much. Yes, this is the same person, and they're back at the base I work from. I was so pissed this happened. I'm not in management. I'm not IT. Hell, I'm not in any way, shape, or form in any kind of higher-tier field where such a request will be valid. So not only was I angry, but I was also confused as to why this request is being made of me in the first place. The next morning, I went right to Kevin's office and very strongly asked why the heck I, of all people, was being asked to do this. I'll spare you the very drawn-out conversation, but it boiled down to this. I was seemingly the only one nearby who knew how to use the confounded vacation form, and I should help out moron with it. I was even more confused here because this form was not hard to use at all. It only required four spaces, your name, ID number, work location, and the week you're requesting off. I'm purposely leaving out a couple other fields that were in there as they're not relevant because the system would autofill those fields once you inputted your name into the name field. Despite my pleas to not have me do this, because it wasn't my job, Kevin didn't care. So cue me spending way more time than I want to admit trying and failing to teach this old crow, moron, how to use a very simple vacation form. Every possible thing you can think of that someone who's ever used a computer before would do, he did it. Physically lifting the mouse and slamming it on the screen, <laughs> then complaining nothing was happening. Trying to use the monitor as a touchscreen when it was not in fact a touchscreen. Using his whole fist to try to type on a keyboard. <laughs> then when that didn't work, tried to type one finger at a time, then complained about the keyboard letters not being in alphabetical order. It was exhausting. And in the moment, I envied my dad at being able to handle such issues for as long as he did. I wish I could say we eventually got it, but sadly no. Moron, after the fourth hour, 
Yes, we tried to fill out a five-minute form for four hours. Just got up, swung his bag over his back, nearly whacking my head in the process. He missed and I wasn't injured. And he just walked out, declaring this vacation app is too hard to use. Just at the precise moment Kevin walked in to check on progress. Moron didn't give him a chance to ask anything, instead flipping the bird at him and me. <laughs> Hurled some choice profanity at both of us and marched out, slamming the door behind him. He left the room without another word and I went home, having missed my entire scheduled runs for the day. In case you guys want to know, Moron's lack of filling out this form does not mean he won't get a vacation, but rather he won't get a choice in what week his vacation is, as it's company policy that anyone who doesn't fill out the form by the deadline will randomly be assigned a vacation during a time of the year where the workload will be light. After this experience, you can bet I'll never let myself get into this position again. And for those of you who deal with this on a daily basis, I have a newfound respect for you guys. I don't know how you do it every day. Hope this was an okay read for you guys. Wasn't sure how relevant it would be to this subreddit, but I felt it probably qualified. Well, of course it fits, OP. It's an idiot trying to deal with tech and, you know, ham-fisting the keyboard to slamming his mouse on the screen. It all fits. This guy pretty much touched on every troglodyte trope that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and while it would have pissed me off too, I'm pretty sure I just would have sucked it up and sat there and you know, ate up time until either the guy left, like you said, or, you know, somebody said, forget it, go do your runs and uh, we'll figure him out. I've met people that were like this and I can be this way sometimes too. It's, it's hard to change. Sometimes you've been doing something for the last, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. And, you know, somebody suddenly changes something and it could be something so simple. You get, you get yourself all knotted up internally where you're like, Oh my God, you know, you, it makes you like clench up with not fear, but just, you know, the unknown, sometimes it can really get you out of whack. But eventually, we all have to learn new things. And I enjoy learning new things, mostly if it's on my terms. But sometimes when it's, you know, on a job site where it's somebody else telling me what to do, when to do it, and all that. But I would have said to this guy, you know, when you were younger, you didn't write anything until you were taught to write. Whether it was your parents right before you started school or in school, you were taught to write. Whether it was chalk on a slate at the old one-room schoolhouse, a pencil on a piece of lined paper, you know, a pencil that's probably the size of a Pepsi can or something along those lines, you had to learn new things. And as you grew up going through school, you learned new things all the time as you progressed through school and got better at it. So there's really no excuse in this day and age for anybody to say that it's too hard to use a computer. I'm not a Mac guy. I'm a window guy. But if it came down to brass tacks and I needed to use a Mac for whether it was for work or whether I just couldn't get this computer to do what I wanted it to do and I needed to go Mac to make it perform, whatever, you can bet your ass I'm going to learn Mac. It's just the way it is. Nightmare from Tech Support Hell. So this story is a little bit different from what I've been seeing on here. This has nothing to do with the obnoxious users and everything to do with being put in a very bad and difficult situation. This was about five years ago or so when I was working at the com... What the hell? This was about five years ago or so when I was working at the Com Focal Point, CFP, which is essentially the help desk function on any U.S. Air Force base. Gotcha, that's why I didn't know what it was. So I was working with a couple older civilians. The one for this story, let's call him Carter. Also, NipperNet is our non-secure network, which is essentially regular internet with access to some internal military network functions, such as email, Air Force portal, etc. Also, I should mention that by this time we had eliminated all login with usernames and passwords, and everyone was required to use their comm access card, which is a sort of smart card used for login. So on to the story. Carter says, is your nipper working? Mine won't let me in. It's telling me that my password's expired. I say, yeah, I'm in and it's fine. I was thinking this was a little odd since people weren't required to use passwords anymore. Carter says, can you check my account in Active Directory to see if there are any problems? Sure. Me, not thinking much of it. 
Hey, this looks weird. It doesn't have the box checked for smart card required for interactive login. That's why it's telling you your password's expired. I checked the correct box and voila, he can get in. All of a sudden, my phone rings. Another user says, hey, my computer won't let me log in. It says my password's expired. I can hear more phone calls ringing in, but there are like three of us and we're all on the phone. I also have this sinking feeling. After checking his account, yes sir, for some reason it didn't have the box checked for you to use your smart card. It should be fixed now. After three or four of these phone calls, I figured it's time to send a ticket up to our network operations center to figure out what's going on. I take a short break from the phone calls to do some investigation while I'm writing up this ticket. I check my account. I check my friend's accounts. I even checked our commander's account. All of them missing this box that needs to be checked so people can log in. We spend the next two hours or so fixing these boxes, first for people who are really important, such as our wing commander, and then with just whoever was calling and complaining about it. Got nowhere near all of them, but the knock informed us that they had pushed a broken update to our domain controller, and they were about to fix it. After they apply their fix, I take about 20 minutes or so, then start checking user accounts. Sure enough, the box is being rechecked on everyone's accounts. All of a sudden, the phone rings again. Another user says, my account's locked, can you check it? Now, this was much more common problem, so I was much less worried. Yes, let me take a look. Yeah, it says you're locked, so I'll just unlock it. You should be good to go. Suddenly again, we're flooded with calls, and we start getting calls from the same people who we just helped saying their accounts are still locked. Sure enough, after checking, people that I had just unlocked were already locked again. Just like last time, I start to check my account commander's account, friend's accounts, all of them locked. Now the knock had pushed a fix to the DC to check everyone's smart card required for interactive login box, but it was locking out all user accounts across the domain. It also kept locking those accounts out even if we went in and unlocked them. Because there were only three of us in the CFP, the commander ordered everyone in the communication squadron who had an administrative account to drop what they were doing and help us with trying to keep important accounts from being locked out. After about four or five hours of constantly unlocking accounts, the knock finally did push an update to the DC so they quit locking everyone out. That was miserable. And I've never been so tired in all my life as I was that night. Final note. In case anyone wonders, the only reason we were able to unlock people's accounts and get anything done after the initial fix by the knock is that our administrative accounts, at this time, did not require a smart card and could be accessed with username and password. Since they weren't part of the smart card required for interactive login problem, they weren't targeted by the script that broke everything. This would not work nowadays as a smart card is required for logging into a Nipper admin account. This would have caused a complete stoppage of all work on NipperNet today. It's funny, when I was in the Navy, I remember briefly, I didn't do much on computers there, mostly administrative crap as a yeoman, but I do remember, this was during Desert Storm, and uh, I remember, I think it was NipperNet. Anyway, the login and password was uh, something very common. It was the main division commander's username and password, and everybody just shared it. Imagine trying to do that these days. Oosh. Tales from Military Tech Support. First, the bio. Hey all, long time lurker, first time poster. Full disclosure, I'm full-time evil information security professional and have been for the last few years. I do have an IT background. I started off as a field service tech servicing small to mid-sized businesses. After a few years of that, I decided to go join the military and did a stint there for five years as a system slash security admin. Nowadays, I currently tell people no professionally and strike fear into the sysadmins' hearts. This tale is one of many that involves my time in the military. I was working as the sole communications guy for a small forward operating base in Afghanistan. I had about 30 workstations, two wireless point-to-point -point antennas, which provided primary and secondary network connections, and a half dozen satellite antennas, which served a few different functions. I also had the networking gear to make all this work. Switches, routers, SATCOM boxes, security devices, etc. All services were pulled from other larger bases in the geographic area. After a few months there, I had established myself as the go-to guy for technical issues in the area. <laughs> Lucky me. 
As a result, the head of the FOB liked to volunteer me to troubleshoot other technical issues in the surrounding area, which was fine most of the time because it gave me something to do other than play Civ 4 on my personal laptop and stare at the trash majestically blowing down the road. I get sent over to a newly established patrol base that was having trouble getting data communications up. No big deal, I figured they didn't have a strong networking skill set, and I'd be home continuing my campaign against the damn Germans in a day or two at most. I was surprised when I showed up and they actually had three communications guys. Between the three of them, no one could get a WAN connection up. Well, no big deal. I guess no one's ever dealt with this before. I say, hi, Headcom guy, how's it going? I am not the help desk. I heard you were having some comm issues. Headcom guy says, we don't really need you here. My techie guru will have everything up and running any minute now. I say, okay, uh, well, let me go see if I can be of any help at least. I proceed to go find the tech guru. Hey man, how's it going? I was sent over from FOB. Any idea what the issue is? Techie guru says, we just got in country and we weren't familiar with the network settings you guys were using. We'll be on the network in just a few minutes. I started looking around at the equipment he was working on. Standard military networking stack leading to... Wait, where's the antenna? I ask, hey, uh, how are you guys connecting to the WAN? Tech Guru says, through this, he gestures at the networking stack. I say, uh, yeah, but where's your antenna? Do you have a WPPL or a satellite antenna? Techie Guru says, no, we don't need one of those. This box has it all built in. <laughs> I say, uh, no, it really doesn't. At this point, he's starting to get visibly agitated. So I go find Headcom Guy. Hey, Headcom Guy, your Tech Guru seems to think he can connect to the WAN without a way to connect to the WAN. He just looks confused. I say, you don't have an antenna, you just have a switch and a router. Headcom guy says, that's all we need. <laughs> I facepalm and know that this is going to take longer than a day or two. I don't know anything about networking stacks in the field or anything like that, but uh, I can tell you if you're doing anything wirelessly, you need some kind of antenna. One for transmission, one for reception. It's really not a hard concept. Oh, by the way, even in a forward operating base, I can guarantee you there was a manual somewhere on site. It may have been hidden. Somebody may have stuffed it in a footlocker. Somebody may have stuffed it under another piece of equipment to level it up. Whatever. But I guarantee you there was some sort of manual there that explained how to do a basic setup and what equipment you needed. I mean, hell, in most forward operating bases in almost any branch, I can bet you there's a manual somewhere around that teaches you how to break down your firearms for field cleaning and all that stuff. So, yeah. It sounds dumb, but it's sort of, I, I equate the military a lot of times to sort of like a, a Burger King or a McDonald's where you're on the line cooking, you have a job, you know your job, but if something goes kerfluey or you have a new guy starting, there are written instructions right in front of you up on a shelf and a lot of little pictures that follow along. So even if you're dumb as a rock and can't read a word or not, I shouldn't say dumb. There's dyslexic people that have a problem with reading. But anyway, if you're having issues with reading, there's pictures to look at. Now, while it isn't quite that simple in the military, I'm telling you, there's either people that will know or manuals that will know. Read the effing manual, right? YouTube thinks you're going to like this video right here and it really helps the channel when you click on it. See ya.